You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You're goddamn right, I do. If one chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore, you are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Courageous. Black alert. It's called Pirate Radio. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, uh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzer. I'm totally gonna use that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of At The Diner, the flagship podcast of the GGR Pirate Radio Network. My name is Michael Unsford. I am the editor-in-chief of our website. It is greatgeekrefuge.com. I am also one of the hosts of this wonderful and fabulous podcast. Joining me, as always, at the diner, I have got the wonderfully talented MC Brooks. I've also got James Rambo. We're going to hit the ground running, folks. We are going to do an episode of the Geek Sheets, which we haven't done in forever, where we just talk about the news that's going on in the geeky, nerdy world. Uh, Mr. Rambo, Professor Rambo, I'm sorry, I forgot about your tenure and such. And now, it's time for the Geek Sheets. Here is what's going on in the geeky, nerdy world. So what is easily one of the most tragic stories in, in the news right now uh, when it comes to the geeky, nerdy world, uh, main, mainly because this is all involving film. Um, Alec Baldwin was involved in an, the accidental death of a cinematographer by the name of Helena Hutchins. Um First off, this this was just so fucking sad that, that this happened. And honestly, like, the first thing I thought of was Brandon Lee and how this happened to him on the set of The Crow. And just just that in itself is, is, is a tragedy. And, like, you can see in the pictures and the video of Alec Baldwin calling the police to tell them what was happening, that he was genuinely upset about this. Um... And that, I mean, like, he obviously felt bad. He said he was in contact with uh, Helena's husband and family. Um, this is just, just an awful tragedy. Um, but the reason why we're going to talk about this story, and, and I'm, I'm being purposefully careful um, in the way that I talk, because I, w- I want to be clear why we're going to discuss this. One, it's a, it's a fucking tragedy. Two, why it happened. 
and, and, and that's what's scary to me. Rambo, you just brought up um, in the last story that we were just talking about with Ruby Rose, we talked about the actor strike, uh, not the actor strike, but basically like the production worker strike that was almost almost set to happen in, in Hollywood because of bad working conditions, because of extended hours, because of unsafe um, protocols, things like that. The more and more comes out about this story, the more that this sounds like this is what happened. And from the New York Times, there's an article that says Alec Baldwin was told gun and fatal shooting on set was safe. And from everything that I've read, the people that were working on this were not union. And they basically hired cheap people. Now, is Alec Baldwin to blame for this? Well, as an actor, no. As the executive producer for this film, he might be. Because he was the, he's one of the executive producers on this. So if they're going to be cutting corners and they're not going to be paying union people to do the job that they should be doing, ultimately that's going to fall back on him. That's not quite true. That's, if, if he had a full producer credit, yes. Okay. But an executive producer credit in, in a film, um, it, it, it's so irritating because it's, it's one of those terms that means different things depending on what industry you're working in. Okay. Um, executive producer credits in films are mostly for show. Um, okay. Executive and producer credits. It, in, so that's more just like, let's put this big name on this so that like people won't want to see it. It's it's that, but it's also like, it, it's an easy way to get like, um, like points on the back end um, and to, to kind of like additionally pad your, uh, your resume. Um, executive producer credits on TV tend to be much more powerful. Um, like when, when, when someone's a showrunner on a TV series, they have an executive producer credit on that show. Um, a producer in a film is someone who is making much bigger calls, who is um, finding funding for a film, uh, who is making organization, uh, organizational decisions about where money's going to go, uh, how it's being allotted. Um, executive producers are, are, put it this way, Stan Lee was an executive producer on all the Marvel movies. Oh, uh, yeah. He's not doing anything. I gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. This is... Yeah. Oh, no. It yeah. says he serves as a producer. So, I, I, I guess I would need to know more details. It says, there have been reports of labor unrest on the set of the film, where Mr. Baldwin also served as a producer. Several members of the crew walked off the set earlier this week over working conditions, according to several people familiar with the shoot. Uh, three private security guards stood at the lock gate at the Bonanza Creek Ranch around midday on Friday, telling journalists that access to the property was restricted. So... There's a lot of questions. So let me let, let me make let me make clear in the sense of like, is Alec Baldwin to blame for this? No, but let me clarify, legally speaking, because if if he was the one making the decisions, and I don't know for sure if he was, as far as what was going on with financing and who they were paying and who they were hiring, that could be something where legal liability comes into this. And I'm wondering if this is another indication of what's been going on with these this potential strike that didn't happen, thank God. But like, I'm wondering if this is kind of an indicator of why they were fighting for this in the first place. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah, no, this is this is the exact kind of thing that that strike was about. Um, I've heard quotes of like 17-hour days. I know that 
they would do incredibly short turnarounds between days so like between six to six to eight hours uh from end of shooting one day to beginning of shooting the next um i think one of the final straws for everybody was when crew members who were so exhausted that they couldn't drive home uh the 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 um the production wouldn't pay for hotel rooms for people jesus um and so that was that's what finally led to the the walkout i i think it may have been union crew initially and when they when they walked off set they hired scabs um and it was a lot of local folks because uh, i know that iotsi came out and said like during production on that day there were no union crew at least there were no there there were no union crew who would have been had who would have had anything to do with props or set direction or uh, set design uh, or essentially in any way, shape, or form have to do with handling of a weapon on set. And that all stems back to um, uh, there not being much money. It's certain, and then it it. They're not, and then that money that was there not being spent on all of the things that need to be spent on, um, it having an incredibly tight shooting deadline, um, which means that, you know, everything has to happen really quickly, and um, with speed comes cutting of corners. When yeah. I when I was training folks at the, at the movie theater, I would always say, slow is careful, and careful is fast. Because if you take your time with something, you won't fuck it up. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you if you yeah. rush through it, you will make mistakes. And so now not only do you have to do the thing you were supposed to do originally, you have to fix the problem you created for yourself. Yeah. And 100%. Yeah. It's, it's good. This is... When you look at, like, the big picture of things, when you look at the biggest problems that are caused it's when things like this happen as far as like accidents as far as deaths it's because and again we don't know for sure exactly what happened on this this could be just some sort of horrible horrible tragedy but again too i, I need to know more about this this gun like how did it how did an actual bullet end up in this woman's chest yeah like i don't understand that at all but additionally Almost every single, we'll use the Challenger accident as an example, um, another fucking horrible tragedy. Why did it happen? It ultimately ended up being being because of, of greed and laziness. This is what this sounds like too. They didn't want to pay the right people and spend the right kind of money to have the right kind of stuff done on the set. And like, everybody will be like, oh, well, union workers are lazy. Like, the Simpsons did this shit all the time we talked about teamsters and oh teamsters are lazy and people are lazy and, and the unions just make everybody lazy and you don't actually have to work and like it's a bigger issue in this country right now because of all the stuff that's going on with labor because of the people like a lot of people are just not going back to fucking work because why get fucked over like because that's what's been happening for for years now the minimum wage is the same as it's been since what like the 90s if I was reading that correctly, or like the early 2000s, it hasn't no, changed. No, yeah. yeah, at least like, 20 years. And and there's this 
awful narrative of you're lazy if you're not working. Well, why should I get boned by this employer that refuses to pay me? And like, even after the pandemic, it's still happening. There's a ton of stories that are coming out where they're like, oh, well, we're gonna pay more for our workers and they're paying them the same shit that they've always paid them. So to think that this is the reason why this, this woman died was because they wanted to cut corners and they wanted to be cheap and they didn't want to hire yeah. a union. And like, but, yeah, it, if that's the reason, that that's just fucking disgusting. Yeah, and uh, one there was a story that came out just actually just a few hours ago saying that the uh, the assistant director uh, on that film, I think his name is Dave Halls, uh, actually has a history of having unsafe practices and unsafe work environments, oh, uh, according to people who have uh, people who have uh, worked with them. They say, quote, sets were almost always allowed to become increasingly claustrophobic. No established fire lanes, exits blocked, safety meetings were non-existent. And according to records, he's the he's actually the person who handed the prop gun to Baldwin, to Alec Baldwin. Ooh. And and he uh, he yelled out hold gun, which is supposed to be an indication that there are no live rounds in the weapon. And which is not even accurate. So, um, my buddy Eden, who is probably listening to this episode right now, hey Eden, um, Hi, Eden. he and Thanks I have been listening. talking. He and I have been talking about uh, this this whole situation, and um, Eden is a uh, very smart guy and incredibly well versed in um, film and film production. And he was talking about this LA Times article that he uh, quotes from a couple times, uh, one of which being, uh, there were two misfires on the prop gun on Saturday and one on the previous week. A uh, person said, adding, there was a serious lack of safety meetings on this set. Um, he then further explains, meaning that the handgun being used started discharged three times during production without its trigger being pulled, intentionally or not. In common firearms terms, a misfire is when the gun goes off entirely unintentionally because of mechanical wear and miscalibration of the firing mechanism. For a blank to have been loaded into a gun that had already misfired and had not been repaired is crazy. Additionally, like MC just mentioned, um, the AD, the AD apparently is the person who gave uh, Baldwin the gun. Why the fuck was the AD handling the weapon? That is something for a trained expert to be doing, not the fucking assistant director. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with right. you on that. Like, the, the things that I had read, and actually I have, um, let me pull this up real quick too. That's the, the consensus that I've heard, is that, like, this was just, like, mishandled across the board. This guy's name is S.L. Huang. Um, he said, a lot of people are messaging me about yesterday's tragedy that was uh, an onset firearms death because I'm a film armorer, for those who don't know. As both a human and a professional, it's extremely upsetting. My thoughts are with uh, um, Helena Hutchins' loved ones. I'm not going to share back-channel rumors or speculation I'm hearing, but I will answer a few things about movies and guns that people are asking. Um, one, how is how are there not safety measures to prevent this? The answer is there are. There are very, very many. Mm -hmm. Qualified armors have many, many safety precautions and redundancies. Honestly, I keep coming up. Uh, keep trying to come up with a scenario where it's possible for this to happen under standard gun safety procedures on film sets, and I'm so horribly stumped. And horrified that I'm stumped because it means that it was likely so bad and the failures here likely so unfathomably huge and many. Our procedure, our procedures plan in mistakes, actor error, etc. There should never be any single fail point. 
if anyone makes a mistake, there are, multiple, there are many multiple other things backing up safety. Safety is always number one. Nothing can compromise it. There are other parts of the job, e.g. helping the director get the shots they want, but nothing can ever interfere with safety. In fact, even in helping the director get their shots, it's all about advising them on ways to do it safely that will still look cool and get the effect they want. I would tell directors no all the time and provide them with a safe alternative. I think can think of so many things I would do on every film set as standard, any one of them which would have prevented something like this. We plan for that redundancy. We plan for things to go wrong and for actors to mess it up. Like somebody who's an expert is seeing this and being like, something's fucked up about this. And like you said, Rambo, an assistant director was handling this. Like what the fuck right. does that person know? Yeah, it's it. And one with the history that I just detailed too, yeah, of having nope. unsa unsafe work environments. Yeah. Who is this guy and why does he keep being – why is he continuing to be allowed on film sets to do this kind of dangerous shit? <sighs> That's the thing that scares me about this is like – yeah, that – yeah, this is – this is – yeah. And not only that, do you want to know what the plot of the movie was? I, I have an idea. I, I've read it a couple times and I can't remember what it is. It has, to do, it has to do with an accidental death. Um, yeah. The misfiring of a weapon causes an accidental death. I hope this movie never comes out. So, it's funny. Before yeah. I, I knew more details, I um, was hoping, I was like, okay, well, this this is this is another, like, um, oh, what was the guy's name? John... Uh, John Eric Hexum. Um, John Eric Hexum was one of the first people where something like this happened uh, back in the 80s. Um, and that ended up leading to changes in the industry. Then with Brandon Lee, that ended up leading to changes in the industry. And I was like, well, hopefully this will be a matter of, of you know, further tightening of the regulations. And that's not the case. It's not that the regulations are wrong. It's not that they're, they aren't all encompassing. It's that people were doing their fucking jobs. It's mm -hmm. that, uh, for for whatever reason, for for due to exhaustion, due to um, uh, 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 lack of oversight, due to um, just people not caring, um, the you know, a lock on a door is only good if you actually use it. Yeah. So if you're not putting these things into play, it, the, the things are in place. If you're not exercising them, they don't matter. Um, oh, and uh, 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 real quick to. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, John Eric Hexum was a model turned actor uh, in the 80s. He was um, on set of a, uh, a show called Cover Up. Um, and um, there were filming delays. Um, uh, he... He, as a joke, um, you know, people were kind of becoming restless. He picked up the 44 uh, Magnum that he had been that using for the scene. Uh, he emptied the cylinder. He put in one blank, spun it, snapped it shut, simulating like a Russian roulette routine. Um, put it to his temple and pulled the trigger. And he happened to catch the blank. Now, the thing that a lot of folks might not know about blanks is 
yes, there is no bullet in a blank, but there is something called wadding. Wadding is there, it's usually plastic or paper, and it's stuffed into the bullet casing to keep all of the explosive material inside of it. Um, so when you pull that trigger, there is an explosion that goes off, you get light and sound, and the wadding comes out. Again, is it a bullet? No, it's not. It is not nearly as dangerous. But it's but still it a projectile. Is, it is still a projectile. And it is still incredibly dangerous. Um, and so what happened to him was the wadding hit his head uh, near his temple. Um, about a quarter-sized piece of bone was shifted into his brain uh, because of the impact. Didn't break the skin. But the the impact was strong enough that it shattered the bone and shoved it into his brain. Within three days, he was declared brain dead. Um, a similar thing happened to Brandon Lee, uh, wherein the the I think the wadding in the in the case was and uh, the the bullet casing was strong enough and thick enough that it basically acted as a uh, a lethal projectile and hit him in the abdomen and let led, led directly to his death. I just want to, I want to state something with this real quick. Um, this is the problem that we as a country have with firearms. We don't respect them. And everybody's gonna be like, well, that's not true. I respect guns because I I I fight for the Second Amendment. And no, 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 no. You love guns. You want guns, but you do not respect them. Because you'll hear people say things. Oh, it's a tool. Bullshit. It's a weapon. It is used to kill people. And anybody who says otherwise is wrong. Period. End of sentence. I there is no gray area on this. I am not willing to debate anybody on this because you are fucking wrong. This is the problem that we have. This is why things like school shootings happen. This is why things like shootings at hotels at, at a concert happen because people don't fucking respect these weapons enough because everybody is quote unquote supposed to have them. Horseshit. Because if everybody had them and everybody respected them, this shit wouldn't happen. A guy wouldn't be playing around with a fake gun on a set and shooting himself and killing himself because even when they're... <laughs> Even when they're quote unquote made to be safe, they still kill you. Why, Mike, do you have some sort of direct experience with firearms? As a matter of fact, Mr. Rambo, I do. Uh, <laughs> I, um, did you know that in the military, that if you were even slightly psychologically unfit to hand, uh, handle a weapon, they will not give you one. Did you know that? No, but here we are. Here we no. are. Here we are in the real world. Everybody gets to have them. Um, you're not allowed to go to the firing range if you have suicidal thoughts or are not cl like cleared for this sort of thing. Like they had this thing called suicide watch where basically if somebody was put on suicide watch, they were stripped of any belts or boot laces. And um, like it was it's a fucked up thing. They were doing it basically to like shame you into not acting like an asshole. Um, that was their plan, but like, they don't just hand these things out. They're kept in a very safe armory at all times, but not only that too, like they tell you, you do not point your weapon at anything that you do not want dead. You were taught like 
muzzle safety, meaning that like you don't point the muzzle of the weapon at anybody. Like a drill sergeant will snatch that shit out of your hands and throw you to the fucking ground if you accidentally swing the muzzle close to them. Because even without rounds in it, it's still fucking dangerous. Like even if your magazine was out of the weapon and you accidentally swung it towards them, they would knock your ass out. Because that is a deadly weapon and we think they're fucking toys. Yep. We think they're penis extenders. I'm not a man unless I have a big ass gun. Like it's just, it's so fucking disgusting. And I'm going to tell a story that I have not told ever. I worked at at one point when I was going back to school, I was working. I'm not even, I can't even mention it. No, you know what? Fuck it. I am going to mention it because this is worth mentioning. I was working at a pawn shop and this pawn shop sold firearms, traded and sold firearms. The guy who ran the pawn shop was so disrespectful and arrogant and dumb when it came to the handling of firearms that it infuriated me. And I walked out of there one day saying, you don't fucking respect these things and I can't work with you. Because what he would do is he would like play around with it. Like he was playing Cowboys and Indians, right? And like one day it had just gotten to me. I was in the gun safe, putting things away. And like one of the guns had a laser sight on it. So I started pointing the laser. I took the laser sight off of the weapon, by the way, and like was pointing it at him. And I was like, pew, 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 pew. I was like, do you see how fucking dumb this looks now? He was like, you just shined the laser in my eyes. I I would never do that. And I was like, you literally were spinning one around your fucking finger the other day, dude. I was like, fuck you. I'm out of here, right? I will give you one guess. One guess what happened to him while he was working there one day fucking around with a gun. He shot himself in the calf. Right through his fucking calf. Because he was fucking around with a gun because he didn't respect it. And that's a gun that he had been handling. Yeah. That's a gun that he should have known. Like, my my very limited understanding with regard to gun safety is you treat every weapon as though it is loaded unless you yourself have emptied it. There you go. And even then, there you even go. then, you're still supposed to be like, nope, this is a deadly weapon. And the fact that this fucking guy is just like spinning around like, oh, look at me, I'm Roy Rogers. <laughs> and shoots himself in the cat. That's the other thing. It's so like, it, it's it's so rarely uh, uh, people that aren't handling the guns that get hurt from them, in ter- like, as far as accidents are concerned. It's just like, motherfucker, you put the bullets in it. Right. (laughs) The moment moment you stop respecting them and the moment you are not scared of the fact that that can kill somebody is the moment something bad happens. You should always handle them, always handle them like they are loaded and like they could kill you or somebody else at any minute. The term, my understanding is, is the, the, you know, the term I've heard is, um, you only point this at something you want to destroy. Exactly. It's it not, not kill, not maim, not hurt, destroy. And that is such a weighty sentiment. Like that idea of like, no, whatever, whatever this thing hits is destroying it. It is like removing it from existence. Yeah. The the lack of knowledge around firearms is disgusting. Um, I at one point had somebody, um, shocker on social media, talk about how, oh, well, somebody carrying around an AR-15 is not that big a deal because AR-15 was designed just to wound people, not to kill people. And I went off on a... (laughs) 
I went off on a tirade like I have not gone off. This isn't even double bird Lunsford. Like I grew two more arms and this was quadruple bird Lunsford. Like this, I was so fucking mad. I was like, have you ever seen what happens to somebody who's been shot by an AR-15? I was like, first off the round that they use goes in the size of a quarter and comes out the size of a baseball. I was like, that is a weapon that was designed to kill, not, or as you said, to destroy. That is not going to simply wound somebody. Oh, it's just a flesh wound. I'm using the plastic bullets today. Bullshit. It, it's, people are so uneducated about this fucking thing. This deadly goddamn weapon. You have to pass a licensing exam in order to drive a car. Because why? Why, why is it important to have a driver's license? Why do you have to have a driver's license? Because they're, they're dangerous. Why do you have to prove your competency for this thing? They're, they're incredibly dangerous. Exactly. But you can just walk into places. This is this is why I cannot talk to guns rights people at all, period, because I can never have a rational conversation with them. Well, like, the Constitution doesn't say that I can have a car. Yeah. Yeah, because it didn't sure fucking exist yet. And neither did an AR-15 and neither did semi-automatic weapons. The reason why everybody had the right to bear arms is because it took 15 fucking minutes to load one of them. Like, imagine that. Imagine imagine having to have thought before you executed somebody. And I shot killed. at you and I missed. Now I have to reload this thing and it takes me about two minutes to do. Fucking, and, and, and fucking skill and ability, man. You have to know how to do that shit. It's not just a matter of pulling the trigger. You have to know, like, know the proper order for, for like, the gunpowder and shit. Like, you, ugh. Honestly, there's a correlation in here somewhere, and I don't know where it is. I'll have to really dig and maybe craft it myself. There's a correlation with this of ease of being able to kill somebody and how we've made weapons easier to use and easier to fire, and it doesn't take as much time to load and think. There's a correlation there with that in the Internet. Like, <laughs> a, a powerful thing used for, for, for bad shit by people who don't know how to use it right. Somewhere in there because it's the same thing. I did my research. Oh, you did? Oh, you did, you Googled some shit. That's not research. You heard somebody else say some shit and you just are parroting it back. That's not fucking research, man. Ugh. This, this is a fucking tragedy across the board, what, what happened here. And, and the fact that it was because people weren't res properly respecting firearms makes me sick to my stomach. And like, Again, I got to make this look cool. I got to make this look like this is what would happen in the Old West. Like, Jesus Christ. So if we were actually at a diner at this point, we would be like, who wants some fucking French fries? Like, <laughs> we would need something to distract ourselves. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> because this is this is a fucking bummer, dude. It's a bummer that this happened. It's a bummer that this is what's going on. This is a bummer that this is what happens in our country. And that people are so... Gun culture is such a thing. And nobody is willing to really look at why. And, like, it sucks, man. It really does. And I just... I. I to think that somebody who is talented, that's the thing is that everybody keeps saying how talented a cinematographer Miss um, Hutchins was, but nobody's saying she shouldn't have died. And like, yeah. And like her career was on the upswing. She was like yeah. really getting started. Yeah. 
And like, I think that the most disgusting thing about this is that like, because Alec Baldwin has been vocal against Donald Trump and he is a vocal Democrat, Republicans are, are jumping on this as an opportunity to make fun of Alec Baldwin. And like, I, I can't even begin like just the, the, ab the absolute depravity that comes from these people who are just like, let's make fun of him. One asshole who's running for Senate or Congress or whatever public office he's running for in Ohio was like, oh, we need to get Trump back on on Twitter right now so that he can make fun of Alec Baldwin. Like, first off, like, that's the first thing that you say after a tragedy. Secondly, like, you can't even come up with your own insults. You can't even come right. up with your own, like, like shots at Alec Baldwin. Like, you have to ask Daddy Trump to come do it for you. You're a bitch, dude. Like, So do, do you all know about uh, Trump's social media? Like, his, his particular social media company? Hey, thank you for pivoting away from this, by the way. I appreciate yeah. that. Like I'm actually Absolutely. very happy. <laughs> no, I I heard I heard that he was creating it, and then like uh, anonymous found out, and basically just like fucked with it. Dude, and like the it, honestly, it wasn't even that. It wasn't even like you know some shady organization got together. Like you know, it was just people. It was just fucking people who were like, wait, you can sign up for that now, and then they immediately did. And then they immediately started snapping, snatching up like at real Donald Trump, at Donald J. Trump, because they didn't do anything to secure <laughs> any of the screen names. And one of the first accounts that took one of Trump's uh, Trump's uh, uh, screen names posted um, the illustrious piggy poop balls. Uh, <laughs> and it just it was so clearly a clown show it was so thoroughly embarrassed that within two hours of it being live it was shut down <laughs> <laughs> for anyone amazing. unfamiliar with the uh, uh internet royalty that is piggy poop balls thank you very much for explaining this there was there there is uh a photo um on the internet um of a a hog at you know a county fair or, or or a petting zoo i think it was like a fair or a carnival or something um whose balls were so fucking large like softball sized testicles on this pig that it took a shit and it didn't fall off or out of the it fell out of the pig but couldn't get past its te testicles. <laughs> it's just a turd laying on top of the scrotum <laughs> of this animal. It is <laughs> so fucking ridiculous. It's up there with what's what is the name of that woman? She's a, a, a like a, you know she was a college student who was all like blah I carry my AR-15 wherever I go. It's like oh Kate, fuck something. the one that Caitlin Bennett, Caitlin Bennett, um, the one that went to Kent State and didn't see the fucking irony in carrying around a goddamn semi-automatic weapon at Kent State. Nope. Um, the the the, the long-held uh, insistent rumor that there's a photo of her having gotten drunk and shit herself. Yes. Um. That photo is very reminiscent of Mr. Poopball's. 
um, because it is just a perfectly formed cartoon turd laying <laughs> on top of this person's ass. It's like a, it looks like a fucking baby Ruth, yeah. Like, yeah, it is, it, it is like, if you didn't know it was real, you'd be like, that's Photoshop. Like, that's, that's like, a, that, that's, that's made up. No. That's a real turd. Um, that's a real turd. <laughs> no, that's real. That, 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 that really happened. That came out of that animal. Uh, and that pig. Ho, oh, oh. Um, but yeah. But, uh, piggy poop balls. Piggy poop balls. American hero. <laughs> <laughs> Shutting just, down Donald Trump's I just, like, social media site. The, the fucking... The fact that this piece of shit still is trying so desperately to have people listen to him and nobody gives a shit. And, like, literally as soon as he tries to do something like that, it just gets shit on his, his fucking gold. Like, absolutely. Like, did you see that after Colin Powell died? And, like, I... Let me state this right now, okay? Like, I respected Colin Powell a great deal because I got to meet him as a high schooler. I was in the military. I respected him to a certain degree. Some of the shit that he did while while in the Bush administration was a fucking travesty. It was war crimes, okay? So let me just get that out of the way right now. It's complicated. That's what happens with people. Like, you can respect them, but also be like, what the fuck were you doing? Kind of thing. Like, so let me get that out of the way. But, like, when Colin Powell died, Donald Trump had a press release, and he basically just shit on the dude for, like, like six lines. And he was just like, fuck this guy for doing this, and fuck this guy for doing that. Oh, but I hope he rests in peace. Like... What a piece of shit he is. And like, I just, I, oh man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm baffled that, that people still give a fuck what this guy thinks. And like, in Virginia, in Virginia, there's a goddamn election for the governor coming up here real soon. And the guy who's running, it's Terry McAuliffe is running for the Democrat seat. And then uh, this guy, Glenn Youngkin is running. Glenn for Youngkin. Glenn Youngkin, yep. who, by the way. Like is based his entire career off the fact that he went to college. Uh, he went to Rice University and played college basketball. Like he bases his entire career off of this. Dude averaged like two points a season, <laughs> not a game, a season. Two point four <laughs> points is the guy's career average. He was a fucking badass, dude. Let me tell you, just draining I didn't nothing. No, that's why that stupid fucking ad he has has him on the basketball court. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. So I'm Glenn. Great. I'm Glenn Youngkin. I played basketball poorly so watches, at a shitty school. Katie watches uh, Pluto, which is a a, a, a free non-cable uh, live yeah. TV station. Yeah. And one of the few problems with Pluto, because it's actually pretty cool, is uh, it's not. It's, it's. I mean, commercials suck, but. It's not just that they play commercials, it's that they play them at random times and repeat and that it will be the same commercial sometimes back to back. Yeah. Like three or four times too. in a row. Yeah. And it's so patently clear who they think is watching at this point in time every time you turn it on. You're like, oh, are you watching Buzzer, the the game show network? Uh uh at about three o'clock in the afternoon, they think you are an 85 year old Republican. So here are ads for Depends. Here are Glenn Youngkin ads. Here are things about like like Medicare and Life Alert. Uh, it, like it's it's all it's like it's very clearly targeted advertising. Um, but they're all it's true. They're not wrong. Um, there is a new one that has been popping up. 
and it is so obvious that this woman had like her nephew make an ad for her in like iMovie. It is just like, <laughs> like the, the text laid on top of photos uh, so that you can barely make out what's happening in the photo. And one of them, one of the ads uh, is, it, it, it opens up talking about how like, you know, this country has had a, a you know, a, a, a really rough and difficult time with race for a long time now. And it's it's important that we, we be able to move forward together. And you're like, okay, this sounds pretty good. It's like, help me to ban critical race theory in Virginia schools. You're like, what the fuck is going on? You, <laughs> like, you, you, you had me, you had me at first. <laughs> and then you lost me, you aggressively lost me. It's, yeah, yeah it, oh God like Miranda something I don't know some awful monster it's, it is it is funny though I, I agree like they will like back to back to back to back to back yeah, they will play they will play those and like it's 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 fucking insane but yeah Youngkin uh Glenn Youngkin gets a lot of airtime for that but like the whole point of this like election is like Youngkin's big thing that he's doing right now is like he wants all the people who love Trump to vote for him, but he's also afraid of like with arms wide open, embracing Trump's endorsement, because if he does that, then the people who are like moderate, who think Trump is a psychopath, won't vote for him. But he he's playing this really, really, really fucked up game of like, I like Trump because Trump gave me an endorsement, but I don't want to admit that I like Trump because if I do, I might lose votes. And it's it's so emblematic of exactly what's going on in this country. Oh, Duncan? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, some of his ads are like straight up like, no, 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 Donald Trump is great. Yeah. Like at least one of them has him uh, uh, as a clip from him giving some, some talk somewhere. I don't know, a bunch of old white people. And... Um, the quote is he's, he's he's quoting someone else who's like, oh, here's another one of those guys just like uh, just like Donald Trump. And he says, and I said, thank you. And like, oh, OK, you very clearly are wearing this on your sleeve. Yeah, man. I, I, oh, yeah. I don't know if he's trying to distance himself. No, but now, that's, that said, that's an old that's an old thing. Like, I, I know exactly what you're saying. But like, okay. yeah, what it was is at first when when it was still cool to be, you know, supportive of Donald Trump, he was like, yeah, tr Donald Trump gave me his endorsement and I loved it. And then somebody told him, would you fucking knock that shit off? You're going to lose the goddamn election. And he was like, oh. Well. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they, they're asking him, they're like, is Donald Trump going to help you uh, campaign? And he was like, oh, I, 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 I can do it on my own. It's, it's, it's cool. And, but like, and he won't come out and say, oh, uh, I don't want his help because he's he's a fucking anchor right now and will make me lose this election. But somebody told him, Glenn, shut the fuck up, dude. Awesome. Just an albatross around the neck of the party. But again, <laughs> won't, but won't, like, he, he wants it both ways. It's like, I love, I love him. He's great. He's, he's, he's a wonderful businessman. Um, fuck, what business was he in? He's involved in something. Um, that did something stupid. I can't remember what it was. Child oh, labor. oh, oh, Taylor, Taylor Swift. What? What? <laughs> okay. <What>? Continue. <laughs> so follow me on this. Okay. Hang on a second. Hang on. Let me, let me, we, I made a, I made a post about it a few weeks ago where I was like, I swear to God, if Taylor fucking Swift is the reason why Glenn Youngkin doesn't get elected, I like, that's going to be the greatest thing ever. So Glenn Youngkin. Buy her fucking album. <laughs> right? Like I'll buy all of her <laughs> albums. Fuck yeah. Let's do this. You know, I won't have, you know, 
I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Um, so <laughs> he he was he's a businessman who was the partner of the guy who owned all of Taylor Swift's original recordings. Oh, oh man, he okay. is just a piece of shit through and through. Yes, and the reason why Taylor Swift <laughs> recorded all of those was because of the fucking bad business deal, right? So like that came out that he was involved in that company. And I was just like, oh shit. I was like, this is gonna turn all the Swifties against him. Yes, do it. Like, yeah, he's just, yeah, he's a piece of shit across the board. Like it's, again, it, that would be, it would be fucking sad as a culture if that's the reason why he loses, but I'll take an L any day. Again, yeah. just like the fucking uh, Confederate flag coming down, man. Like, I don't care how it happens as long as it happens. Yeah, it is more important that it happens Yes. than how it happens or the, yes. like the reasoning why it happens can you just imagine that though glenn youngkin sitting in his fucking bullshit large ass house that he has because he's rich and white like just cursing taylor swift goddamn taylor swift is the reason i lost his fucking looks fucking swifties glenn you had this great campaign but you ended up losing what happened taylor swift <laughs> so good oh man just outstanding ah there's there's another story that we could talk about but i don't really want to talk about it because like I'm, i've had enough like <laughs> we we could talk about the you guys want to talk about the dave Chappelle thing or you just want to call it any call it a day i'm gonna fuck him <laughs> yeah right like, like i think yeah. that that encapsulates it pretty well i mean like, like the, the short version is like Dave Chappelle is a very, very rich man who has very, very old, stupid views yeah. and has decided he needs to share that shit with everybody. But not and... only share that shit, double down and triple down on it and saying That's that we're the problem. Yeah. Why shouldn't he? It can't be him. Yeah. It's got to be him. He's been else. canceled with all $100 million from his Netflix specials. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He just, he's going to keep getting paid. And the best thing we can do is stop talking about him. Yeah, 100%. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. like at this at at this point the 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 only thing the only thing you can hope for and I'm I'm not I'm not hoping for I'm not, well, let me say I'm not hoping for it. I'm not expecting it to happen I, I should say. But, you know, it did come out the other day that he's uh, apparently going to sit down with the trans employees from Netflix. Oh, Jesus. And I don't know what's going to come of that. I can I can hope something positive comes comes out of that, and perhaps you know that old dog can learn a new trick about why you know why what he was saying and doing was offensive, and maybe he can find a better way to 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 get to the the point that he was trying to make, whatever that point you know was. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, just, I that's that's I, I hope something good comes comes out of it, but I'm I'm not I'm not expecting much. Yeah, it my biggest issue with this too is is all the people that are jumping to his defense, and all the people who were like, "Oh, he didn't do anything wrong. This is what comedians are supposed to do." No, they're not. Comedians are supposed to be funny, and like they. Somewhere along the line, it got misconstrued. Oh, comedians are supposed to push the envelope, make you question society. Bullshit. <laughs> make me laugh, motherfucker. That's what you're here to do. And like, I, and, and I've said it on social media, I'll say it here. I used to think Dave Chappelle was the funniest comedian out there. Like, I thought his shit was hilarious. And like, 
somewhere along the line, it just stopped being funny because like when you have to purposefully remind everybody how shitty you are and like not understand what people are saying, I think that that's my biggest issue with him is everybody talks about how quote unquote smart he is and how woke he is and how he's a genius. Like I, I, there's certain things maybe like, but not anymore, man. It's, it's just not, it's not the fucking same. And like, I mean, like, especially like when they're using terms like cancel culture, it's just a way for like people marginalizing marginalized groups to give permission for them to make them feel like they're the victim because that's all he was doing. He's like, oh, I can't be punching down because white people. That was his excuse. The whole fucking the whole fucking special. You can't say that I'm punching down to the LGBTQ community because I'm black. And I was like, dude. You do realize that there are people of color who are in the LGBTQ community as well, right? Yeah. And, like, he just doesn't seem to acknowledge that or give a shit one way or the other. Yeah, I I, I, I will say I disagree with the... I, I think that a comedian's responsibility, number one, is to be funny. But number two is to have a distinct voice and to to, okay. yeah. to be honest about the things that they think and feel and their perspective on things. Um, given that he's been honest, that's for sure. He, he certainly yeah. has. Um, I, 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 you know, for anybody listening who is, is on the side of Chappelle should be able to say whatever the fuck he wants. I'm like, Hey, I don't disagree. He, and he still can, he still can say whatever oh, he wants. Yeah. No one's stopping um, him. Or who was like, well, did you watch it? I'll, I'll tell you right now, if that is your, your guiding light in terms of whether or not you should listen to what I have to say after this, you can turn this off right now. Because no, I haven't watched it. I haven't watched the last couple specials he's done. I haven't cared to. I trust the people around me. Um, well, I you know I trust a lot of people around me who are smart and who are members of that community, uh, who, member, who, who aren't members of that community, who are like, I found this to be in really poor taste. Um, I know more than a handful of trans people who are like, it was fucking gross. Um, it was a lot of punching down. It was a lot of like a very, very rich man who was not dealing with these problems, talking about them in a way that was minimizing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, great. That's all I needed to hear. I am someone who was influenced by other people's opinions. I wanted to hear yeah. what they had to say. They told me. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, good. I was say, and you know, like, because I, I haven't seen it either, but, I, you know, I'm on Twitter often, and, you know, the way Twitter works, like, those clips go viral. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing that I saw that could add, like, where there's context you can add to it to make it not offensive. Yep. Like, there's no way, there's no way with what he said about J.K. Rowling and uh, being Team Turf, there's like there's no context you can put in front or after that to make it funny given what he like what he actually said. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how, I, how is that I supposed to be reinterpreted? Yeah, and and, and like because uh, I, I, I sent you guys the video, but there's a uh, TikTok user, the Conscious Lee, who 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 did who did a bunch of videos on Chappelle, and he was like, Chappelle spent over 37 minutes of of like the hour and 12 minutes of the special talking specifically about trans people and telling them how wrong they were 
and saying, I don't know what punching down is. And then never sought the knowledge. That was the issue that I had, was that he didn't try to better himself. I am who I am. And I was told that I'm bad and wrong and I'm not willing to give that up. But then, but then uses one trans person, one trans person who likes his comedy, who happened to commit suicide as a fucking martyr, as a um, monolith, as, oh, well, this one person, this one trans person wasn't offended by my jokes and they loved me and thought I was great. And they're my people because I'm a comedian first and foremost. Oh, you are? Even though you just said that you can't be treated poorly by the LGBT right. community because you're black. You literally just said that. And like the worst part about this is, is he did not in any way, shape or form try to have a conversation with anybody to try to learn anything. Like well, he, doesn't no, give a, he, he doesn't give a fuck. Well, no, he, he pulled out the uh, variation of the, the black friend, the, the uh, white liberal, I have a black friend defense, exactly. which is, oh, I have a, you know, I have a friend, I have a friend that is trans, uh, a, 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 a quote friend he, 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 who he also misgendered in this, in this very same comedy special. Yep. Yeah, he has some line about like you know if I ever meet their their child or you know I'll say like oh your 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 father was a beautiful woman, fuck you man. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it just uh, god damn it. He just I like just, he just wants to fight all the time. It's it's it honestly it doesn't even feel like it's someone who's being honest about their perspective, it feels like it's just him stirring up controversy to stir up controversy. Oh. Which is the kind of thing I would expect from someone who was earlier in their career who needed more money. Yeah. Like, it is hysterical. I mean, I'm certainly not the first person, first person to point this out. But the reason he stopped doing The Chappelle Show is he found that he realized that a lot of the people who were laughing at his jokes weren't getting the joke, meaning there were a lot of racists who found a lot of the uh, ironically racist jokes he was telling funny, and that bothered him. And yeah. it's like, to be that self-aware, and that, that's really what it comes down to. For him, his perspective is the only one that matters. Mm -hmm. So if you are outside of that, if you are somehow not connect, directly connected to that, whatever you're saying or doing doesn't matter. Like, it's, the, it's the, so the struggle of anybody that's not specifically Dave Chappelle or very much like him, you're not actually struggling. You don't actually have any problems. Right. Oh, are you a white trans person? You don't have to deal with anything. Right. Like, homie, shut the fuck up. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like, I've been, the, the one thing I've been sharing with folks is there's an article that came out earlier this year. It was like 2021 is on pace to be the deadliest year for uh, trans people in the United States. Um, which, you know, would, you know, they were already expecting, expecting it to surpass the, uh, the previous record, which was last year, uh, at 44. And I, I know as of today, I believe we're at 39 with someone unfortunately losing their life, uh, uh, losing their life, uh, right around the same, the same week that all of this, uh, conversation was, was dominating, uh, social media and the news cycles. And it's like but that's not his but that's not his fault and, and it's like cause, that's not cause, his fault right because like everyone kept pointing to see he was right you know because of what happened with john gruden and the emails and demore smith and i'm like well yeah but 
also uh, another trans person lost their lives because the people who the 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 people killed them probably echo a lot of the same rhetoric you've you heard in all of these specials and like we're we're up to 30 like i said we're up to 39 and that's just the u.s there's a, a whole other website uh where which details uh the number worldwide and the the number worldwide right now is well over 400 and like the unfortunate thing is the the detail of uh of of uh, what's happening when it's places outside of the the, the u.s um, I won't go into the specifics of it here, but it's really graphic and really gross. And like, this is the reality for 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 people who are a part of that community. You know, like we, um, I mean, you you have uh, over in I want to say I, I can't I don't remember if it's specifically Nigeria, um, but uh, there are places over in Africa where you know there are. Uh, you know you can it's basically like a witch hunt if you if you are just accused of being gay mm -hmm. you know or or trans then you are you know you can be dragged out of your house in the middle of the night and, and murdered like this stuff this stuff is is not like it's 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 not just words you know like much like much much like Chappelle ended his Chappelle show you know for the reasons uh that he did I mean this wouldn't be the first time Eddie Murphy apologized for what he said about gay people in the 90s. And as recently as uh, I think it was two years ago where he went back to SNL, um, did, did, a, did a sit down piece with, I think, the New York Post, where he was like, he looks back at the, with the things he said and he cringes because of how offensive and awful those things were. But on top of that, because of the harm that came out of what he said in those specials. And what the the harm that happened uh, that was happening to people who were gay, people who uh, who uh, did have HIV and AIDS, and and the damage that was done in the in under the guise of oh he's a comedian he's being funny being really over the top, you know, it, it, Cat Williams had a really a really great quote about this where you know there have always been these <clears throat> these um these like guidelines, these like rules, these like things you don't go past. Like no one likes wearing seatbelts, but you wear it because it's the law and it's it's necessary so that if something does happen, you don't, you know, crack, you don't fly through your window or anything. Like if he, he, he basically said that, like, if you can't do comedy without being offensive, if you can't do comedy without punching down, if you can't do comedy, you know, within the guidelines of this without punching down that these people then you don't need to be doing it because you're not funny. It's, uh, I 100% agree. I 100% agree. And like, I'll give you a perfect example of where, when I first, I, I did. The two of the two of y'all haven't watched it, I did. And you want to know why? And, I, and I'm fucking kind of mad at myself for doing it. I watched it because I didn't want people to turn around and be like, well, have you actually watched it? I wanted to see it for myself. Not because I thought that maybe people were blowing this out of proportion, because just like Rambo said, if my friends in the LGBTQ community, community, my trans friends tell me, hey, this is offensive. I'm not going to question them and be like, are you right. sure? Did you watch it? No, you don't do that shit to people. But like the problem with this, I knew that this was gonna be a problem and that he wasn't doing this in good faith. When he started taking shots at Jews, and here's here's my point with this, okay? Was I offended by his joke? 
about Juice. No, it was fine. It was whatever. You know, it was just like it was an indicator to me that he didn't give a fuck anymore and that this wasn't about a good faith argument. That This wasn't him trying right. to be funny. He was trying to stick a point. Because at one point he was just like, oh, well, yada, yada, yada. What if a, a, a race of people had grown up on this planet and then left and colonized another planet and then they destroyed their world and they came back to take over the Earth? You want to know what the movie I'm going to call that? Space Jews. And I'm like, oh, I get it. You're going to slip this in here real quick, too. Okay, I see what you're doing here. You're going to see what other offensive shit I can say to try to take people off the scent that I haven't changed a fucking bit. And then I'm right. still going to say the same horrible shit that I've been saying about trans people. The same horrible shit about gay people. Because that's the thing is um, there was somebody in our group. I'm not going to mention them because it's not fair because I didn't discuss it with them first. But somebody in the comment thread had mentioned that he only really made one joke about trans men. And... Mm -hmm. That's 100% accurate. But he had plenty of bad shit to say about, about lesbians. He had plenty of bad shit to say about gay men. Like, he continually goes after this group. And I and again, his excuse is because it's white people. Yeah. And, the and like, I get so tired of hearing not only that defense, but the, the, the defense of, oh, he he does this with everybody. Like, he, 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 he talks about everybody. And like it, it's funny that people use that as a defense when it when it comes to comedy, when you, when it when it comes to the real world, we are well aware that it's not a loving it's not a level playing field for everybody. There are certain benefits that we have because we are we are men. Like yes, I am black, Mike, you're Jewish, uh, Rambo, you you are bi, and like we this 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 thing of there are privileges that we enjoy or that we have because we're men. We're not women. We have no idea of many of the things that women, you know, go through on a on a regular basis simply because that's not us. But we do understand that certain things that we say are going to carry much more weight than if other people say it. Mm -hmm. You know, there are certain there there are certain things that like um, there's like there's it's it's. It, there are certain things that we know that we can say as part of our in-group dynamics that sound different when an outsider when an outsider says it. Like we 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 totally understand that this stuff carries like this stuff carries weight. You know how how many times can you think of something a comedian said in a comedy special that just became part of just the American lexicon? You know that you you started hearing it referenced everywhere. It, it even gets Chappelle thrown into movies. Yeah, it, I'm Rick exactly. James, bitch. He like, yeah, right. Like we understand it when it when when it's non-offensive stuff, but we don't understand that th like these stereotypes and like th this stuff can 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 really do damage and 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 uh, follow people. Like uh, uh, Chris Rock had uh, had a joke from his uh, I want to say it was his uh, special in either '92 or '96 where he did black people versus n words, right? And it was this entire it was it was this, this entire this entire like 10 minute segment where you know he he's trying to like poke poke fun right except you know he himself admitted in the interview with Larry King that he stopped performing that joke because he realized that he was unfairly stigmatizing uh people in our own community and that people were people from outside you know the black community were taking that and running with it and 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 and, and uh, 
you know, far too often you hear you hear it in a lot of white supremacist circles talking about how, oh, you know, these per these people are intelligent, but these people are n words, you know. Yeah. Or you, I have or no you, problem with black people. It's Blake. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and it's like comedy when you really dig down to it like it's it's words and these words carry weight that's why you have like we we understand it with literally everything else we call out musicians when they say things in songs that are offensive and we're like hey you have to be cognitive of the things you say like comedy is no different you know there, there are ways yes there are ways that you can you can do dark humor and dark comedy and do it in a way that is inoffensive but the problem is these 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 allies comedians tried to make the thing that they say is taboo the butt of the joke like if you want to tell jokes that involve members of the lgbtq community you can but their identity cannot be the joke like it can't be haha you're gay you know like that like that can't be that can't be the joke haha i don't understand your existence that's the joke like that can't be the thing and like it shouldn't like if I can find your jokes scrolling for five minutes on Reddit, then you can do better. <laughs> like, if you're supposed to be a professional comedian, I shouldn't be able to go for five minutes on Reddit and be able to find literally everything that you said, but you're just doing it with $10 million, uh, with $20 million in your pocket, a microphone, and a full audience on Netflix. I think that that's part of the issue, too. I think a lot of people don't want to admit and we've talked about this before. Rainbow, you famously stated it so very eloquently that, like, we sh our goal should not be to have been a perfect version of ourselves in the past. Right. Because that shows zero growth. And I think a lot of that has to do with the media that we consume as well. And, and people get defensive of it. I love Dave Chappelle. Dude, did you see the horrible anti-trans shit that he said? The horrible things he said about gay people. Uh, well, he's still the goat. He's still hilarious. He's still so insightful and he's still so intelligent. Mm, yes, but people change. Yeah. And 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 again too. I still think he's funny, but he's got a lot of shit that he needs to figure out. Like I can't I can't support him in any way, shape, or form anymore. Period. I can't. I can't because he made it very, very clear that he doesn't give a fuck and then tried to use other people's horrible experiences to explain why he was not. I'm not bad because I was friends with this person who's now dead. Because now if you try to say you're anti-trans, you know, oh, well, I was friends with this dead person. Are you trying to disrespect yeah. their their memory? Like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. And it, it, like, it totally ignores that. I mean, if I speak specifically to Dave, like Dave is black. Guess what? Racist marry, date, are friends with racist uh, with, with black folks all the time. Yeah. Like, I, 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 the, the one of the first times I remember hearing a racist joke was from a white friend, someone, a white guy I considered a friend in high school who felt comfortable enough to repeat the joke to me because we were friends. <sighs> And, and just and just said it as if I was not supposed to be uh, offended. Um, uh, excuse me, I uh, was, was not supposed to be offended by it. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but like, like, 
it, it really gets to this thing of like on a just I feel like just on a, a larger scale of uh, one people not really being able to comprehend issues from communities that they themselves are are, are, are not are not part of. Um, and uh, damn it, I lost the I've lost the second the second thing I was I was gonna say, but I mean like. Oh no! Like Dave should just like he just needs to understand understand better that his words carry weight. That you know, like white like racist people have are friends with black folks or other minorities all the time. You know, there are lots of misogynists who date and are friends with women. You know, like it does like you you having a, a, a one off relationship with someone who's a part of that community doesn't. You know, it doesn't it, do, it doesn't give you free reign because just like uh, just like there are people in the black community like Candace Owens, who I myself and others would say are traitors to our community. The same can be true for literally other other community uh, others, too. I've heard from some of my trans friends about uh, gay about pe- uh, people who are gay who don't like trans people or don't acknowledge trans people. You have turfs who are members of the LGBT uh, tea community, but refuse to acknowledge the tea part. You know, yeah. like it, I'm a it, feminist, but I won't acknowledge somebody who was not mm-hmm. born with a vagina. Is basically their stance, and that's Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, it's it, it's not. This is not a new phenomenon, um, and it's not isolated to him. It's it's incredibly common for. Um, oppressed minorities to still further that oppression and a lot right. of that comes back to the, the the fact that they are are in a position of being oppressed is if there's somewhere it's it's how they got like it's how rich white people got poor white people to be like hey it's cool what we're doing to you because at least you're not black and they go, right. oh, fuck, yeah. Fuck them. I'm better than they are. It's a way, it's it's a status thing. It's a way to be like, no, 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 no. I am still, like, no, you know, and, and like this goes for literally every racial minority, every, uh, or racial classification, every uh, uh, gender, every uh, religion. I mean, fucking think of the nerd shit you like. That you and then you see other people like certain things and you look down on that. You're like, well, I'm not a fucking LARPer, so you know. At least I don't like guys. Doctor Who, like a fucking yeah. weirdo. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 You believe that shit? Yeah. People are in, the, and it goes, it goes back to um, people who are like, oh, did you see? You know, hey, did you watch Dune? Yeah, it was so much better than that shitty one from the '80s. That's not what the question I asked you question i asked you was did you see it the implication being did you like it what do you think and instead of saying what was good or bad about the thing you watched you put something else down to elevate this yeah it's a matter of elevating yourself by pushing down on someone else yep. and it's just so fucking sad like you would think that someone who is like, if this were a cisgender, straight, right, straight, white, rich, white dude, ooh, I mean, I've hit white like five times there. Um, <laughs> it would make perfect sense for them to be like, 
I am a racist, I am a sexist, I am a transphobe. You're like, yeah, because you are not affected by any of these things. But when it's someone who is does not have all of those privileges, you're like, you're supposed to understand. You're supposed to get it. Like that that these people are struggling too, just in a different way. And it's like, nope, you're not you're not part of my community. That's like, well, that was guess that was what, the other thing. That was the other thing that was fucked up about this is there was a weird jealousy involved. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I have the article pulled up. I'm gonna read it. Um, but he was he's mad. He's mad at the LGBTQ community because he feels that they've succeeded. They've won their their fight, their struggle. Like it, it's it's really fucked up, man. Like he he legitimately thinks, yeah, like yeah, he says the so-called disparity has been at the heart of Chappelle's work for years, uh, but he is finally making it unmistakably plain. On one side, we have the black community dealing with the daily trauma, exploitation, and indignity of living under white supremacy. And then on the other, you have the LGBTQ community, which, in Chappelle's eyes, has overcome the worst of its oppression in record time. In this world, these two camps are separate (laughs) and opposed with no overlap. As Chappelle describes it, overcoming oppression is a race, a competition that provokes jealousy in which which progress for one group comes at the expense of progress for the other. But gay oppression is hardly a thing of the past. Like, he he literally is like, I'm jealous that gay people have won their struggle and, and black people are still fighting for it. Motherfucker, it's not over. Like, I, and like, not only that too, like we just, like Rambo just said, like to elevate yourself by standing on the backs of others and like, I have to lower them in order for us to raise up. That's not how it works, man. It's one of my favorite quotes that Yuli says all the time. And I fucking love it, man. A rising tide raises all ships. Like if, if we stop the racism, if we stop the bigotry, if we stop the transphobia, the, the, the hate towards, um, the LGBTQ community that doesn't diminish the black community. Like, I mean, it helps the black community because we have black people who are members of that thank group. You. Also, fucking thank you. Like, if, intersectionality. Yeah, it's the same issue that I had with Nick Cannon shitting on Jewish people because that's been a tactic that a lot of people in the African American community have used, and it's fucking it's horrible because again, rich white people saying. Hey, by the way, the Jews are the ones that are causing all the problems. Guess who created that stigma? The fucking Nazis. And it's getting recycled all the time. And it's just like, you don't have to shit on another group to raise yourself up. And like, that that's the thing is like, that's something that I've always looked at is like growing up being Jewish. I look at other people who come from marginalized groups and, and like, I feel for them. Like, I don't understand their struggle because it's not my struggle. It's different. Everybody's struggle is different. But I can at least sympathize and empathize and be like, this shit sucks, doesn't it? We should be standing united together against this horrible shit that's going on instead of saying, well, our struggle is worse than yours. And you guys have at least won yours. Like, how many bagel shops are there around? Fuck, are you serious? Did you actually just say that? Yes, I'm quoting something that somebody said to me. Hey, Jews aren't oppressed because you can get a bagel anywhere. Yikes. Somebody actually said those words to me. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, can you believe that shit? Like, that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. Oh, black people aren't oppressed. There's a black Captain America now. Well, I mean, it's think, it. think about when uh, racism's over. When we won. President Obama got elected. Yeah. Racism's done. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Just like, fuck. <sighs> but you know what's exciting? Uh, chocolate cake. Okay. Chocolate cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Desserts here, guys. Um, no, I'm 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 very excited that we're coming up at the end of another year of doing this awesome podcast of having this website um, because it just continues to grow and we continue to have a voice that is very, very clear in saying all people deserve a chance. All people deserve a voice and that together we can overcome this stuff. It's literally the reason why we changed because we used to say, hey, don't be a juice bag because that shit's funny, right? Like, yeah, don't be a douchebag. But like in being anti-juice bag, we can work together and that's like together there are no heights that we can't reach. We can do this together. And that's the message that I want to be conveyed is this kind of stuff. You don't have to look at something that you enjoyed in the past and say, um, oh, well, now that this person is saying horrible things, well, I can't I can't like distance myself from that thing in the past. Yes, you can. Hey, you know what? I liked this person a lot, but I, I, I can't watch this anymore. I can't support this person anymore. It doesn't make you a hypocrite. It makes you somebody who's growing and growth is right. important. There's a quote from my hero and yours, Terry Pratchett. Um, and it's very simple. It, it, it's, it's, it's slightly disconnected from what we're talking about, but it, it, it's very much in line. Satire is meant to ridicule power. If you are laughing at people who are hurting, it's not satire. It's bullying. Yep. Yep. 100%. 100%. Couldn't agree more. And let me tell you, the more and more I learned about fucking Terry Pratchett, the more I like this guy. Like, apparently when he got knighted, um, he was like, well, now I'm going to make a fucking sword out of a meteorite. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That sounds awesome. <laughs> he, I, actually, that's awesome. I need to make my own Because that was the deal. He was like, yeah. he's like, well, when it used to be when you were knighted as a proper knight, you were knighted with the sword you made. And he's like, I guess I got to learn how to make a sword. So he spent months learning how to make, how to, how to do blacksmithing and make a sword. He's like, well, you know, it'd be really cool. <laughs> and he found a, there was like a meteorite that like fell in his yard or some shit. And he, he's a he fucking, uh, 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 not smited that. He, um, God smelt, damn it. Smelted. Smelted. Yes. Smelted yeah. that. Uh, he learned how to smelt that, learned how to then turn that into metal. Yeah. It, oh God! There's photos of him with a fucking sword. I have it. I'm, I'm, I'm sending it in the group. Yeah, this is a dope ass sword. Um, yeah, that's a fucking great story, man. And like, I um, I was on Yuli's show. Um, our buddy Yuli, Susie Campbell, a fantastic form. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Campbell. Um, yeah. Um, I was on a show and we were talking about Bezos. Um, and his like space shit and all that stuff. And I said that um, when Bezos eventually makes his armor mech suit to conquer the world the only weapon that will be able to cut through it will be terry pratchett's meteorite sword so it's forged in good measure 
to defeat things like this. Because, yeah, that's something that, like, the more and more I read about Pratchett, Pratchett was not using his money or power for, for anything but trying to, like... I mean, like, ha shit, all these quotes that he has, all these things that he talks about, like, it was all about, like, trying to make the world a better place. And, like, you know, if if it comes out that Terry Pratchett was some s secret, horrible asshole, it will be heartbreaking to me. Yeah. But you know what I won't do? I won't try to deny it. Yeah. Like, if, yeah. if it's proved to be true, okay. Because that's the other unfortunate thing. It, it would be so great if, you know, the the <clears throat> the terrible people around were just awful all the time, or that if 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 people could just be a, a simple binary, and not just on a like a like a, a gendered scale, but like you're either all good or you're all bad. But that's not how it works. Like, do I think Dave Chappelle is some horrible monster? No. I think he's a fucking asshole. I think he's blinded by his own prejudices and his own ignorance, and he's not willing to self-reflect on this. He's in a position where he doesn't have to consider how what he's saying is affecting other people. And I hope that when he has to sit down with the, the trans employees at Netflix, it really does change his mind. And it really does open his eyes. But, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't, it, 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 him making a special that I don't like, it didn't fucking erase all of the, the hard copies of the Chappelle show. Like, all of the good things he's done are still there. But you have to reckon with that in the context of like, and now he's doing something shitty. And maybe you should revisit some of the things that you really liked and see like, well, now that I know this about him, how does that shift perception of the things he did before? Maybe there were things that I was willing to give passes on before that I need to really need to reevaluate. Because we're only done improving ourselves when we're dead. Like, keep getting better. Isn't mm -hmm. that the goal? Isn't that, shouldn't that be what we're shooting for? Is constant improvement? Yeah. To be, to leave this world a better place than it was when you entered it. That's kind of the way that I've looked at it and what's the best way to do that is self-improvement you know like you, you can't stop growing because if once you become stagnant that's what that's what's happening right now is yeah. this argument is all about somebody who's decided that they're unwilling to change and that the world is the problem not them everybody else is wrong but they're right and that's that's never a good mindset or strategy to have on that note we'll go ahead and wrap this up um, we appreciate you, all of you out there who are listening, who are reading the website, who are sharing our articles, who are sharing the podcast. We appreciate you so very much. We got more wonderful content coming up here, but for all of us here at the At The Diner podcast on the GGR Pirate Radio Network, again, we appreciate you. Enjoy your week. Um, enjoy Halloween, which comes up uh, next Sunday. That'll be exciting. I'm excited about that as well. Uh, and remember, as we've been saying throughout this entire episode, together, there are no heights we can't reach. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy!